0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here on Android Central at Android Central. I can't speak. Uh, And I've got my lovely guests, my favorite, favorite guests, uh, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello. Hello.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Oh, you sound so suave. I am. (laughs) You are. (laughs) I've got Nick Cetrick. Hello.
2: And and he's so humble, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love it. Uh, And I've got Andrew Myrick. Hello, sir.
3: Hello.
0: Hello. Okay, Uh, so we've got... Quite a few topics to talk about. If I sound a bit nasally, and I feel maybe also Nick, it's because we are both recovering. We were sick all of last weekend And it just won't end. I know. It sucks. <laughs> it's awful. So if we sound a bit nasally, we apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to first start off with uh, some news that we... I mean, we kind of knew it was. It, it, this was going to eventually happen. Basically, a couple weeks ago, the EU... Um, Made the ruling that uh, all chargers have to be USB-C, which obviously means a big change for iPhones. And then uh, a senior executive, uh, the senior vice president of marketing, Greg Joswiak, I think that's how you say it. He basically came out and confirmed that the iPhone will move to USB-C. But the and we knew this was going to happen because a law is a law and Apple has to comply regardless. But. Uh, but what i'm what I'm interested in this is, and I was thinking about this yesterday, is what does that look like specifically in the EU, but then eventually? because we know e the EU is very noteworthy when it comes to tech law. And a lot of the times they sort of are the kickstarter for a lot of change in the tech industry. So, you know, we see that this is happening in the EU. I will not be surprised if other countries start rolling. Similar laws. So what does that mean for iPhone? Uh, does that mean that they're going to? I feel like maybe Jerry might have the best answer for this, but will they eventually or initially have like two chargers that they're having, one for the rest of the world and one for just EU? Um, and then I guess my other question too is like, this is kind of long time coming, you know, and I think Google and the Android side of things. Have been calling this out for a long time, so I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this.
2: So this year they started with this whole the U.S. gets a different model where you know because
0: of eSIM, right? Right? Don't. Yeah, they
2: they literally put a piece a piece of plastic Don't. in the eSIM slot
1: and Don't say it. Don't say it.
0: <laughs> it's too late. They already they they knew
2: this was coming. They're like, Don't all right, let's it. try this with eSIM. Okay, it worked. So we can just continue to make a U.S. only model with Lightning and uh, call it a day.
1: If Apple does that, sell your sell your iPhone. <laughs> F that company. <laughs> they're, they're doing totally that do just it. to screw you because this benefits Apple tremendously. Right. No, no but... more R and D spent developing their own charging and cable system.
0: W- okay. Here's
2: how I... they're gonna spin it.
1: You've got a million
2: accessories that work with Lightning. We don't want to ruin that for you, so oh, we're giving yeah. you the power to
3: keep Lightning.
0: But is it except for everything
3: like... else in <laughs> Apple's lineup has USB-C? Sorry, sure. ignore that. Ignore no, that. No, no. It's not important. No,
0: but what my question though is: Is it okay? Because Jerry, you said that this is beneficial to Apple, but I, I sure. actually thought I thought isn't it not beneficial to them because they are you know you have to buy more basically yes, like
1: they, they they make money. Off of lightning, uh, they they license it out, and that's their way to force you to buy stuff that they want you to buy. But I don't know. You you take the amount of money they make from lightning accessories, and compare that to the amount of money they've had to spend in the past and will continue to spend in the future to develop their own way of doing things, and it's at best an offset. I I I really want to think that in the long term this saves Apple money.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: And as far as you as an iPhone user, if you're if you're an iPhone user, this means your phone's gonna fast they're gonna charge a whole lot faster. Because another part of the ruling was standardized
3: USB C fast
1: charging.
0: Mm. That's so a good thing though.
3: That's that's part of it. But I'm also very excited for USB C on an iPhone because transfer speeds with Lightning are god awful, and yeah. when you're shooting like Pro Raw with the like the 14 Pro Max that I have, it's it, like they can get around a hundred megabytes, and it takes forever to transfer, even using like AirDrop. Right, and and
2: I think all these things kind of add up together to you know, say why wouldn't Apple have done this already, especially when they've already been pushing USB C on, like you said, basically all of their other devices. This is the lone holdout, is it not?
3: I think that I think that they were gonna do it anyway, is they Apple just doesn't like being told what to do. Sure. Which is why Jaws acted and Craig acted the way that they did in the interview. Because Apple does Apple likes to dictate and they're not able to do so this time. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that makes sense is they made money off of it,
1: it like it's Jerry my was saying. belief that when they switch the iPad to USB-C, it's because they did not want to invest further money into making faster and more robust input-output and charging for a device that needs it, because they knew this was coming one day. Apple's known and had plenty of time to prepare, and that makes them even worse for selling you a phone today that you're going to need to buy an adapter from them tomorrow. If you want to use the charger that comes with your next piece of equipment.
0: Yeah. And it kind of, it's going to suck now though, because, um, whenever this ends up becoming a universal thing, um, well, I guess it doesn't really matter because unless you're still on an older phone, Okay, never mind. I answered my own question. No,
1: you, you, your question is right. Is it? For, for two reasons. Okay. If you're on an older phone and you go to the Apple store to buy a charger... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. ...it's not directly compatible. Apple kind of fixed that mm. by making all their chargers use... They, they no longer sell a cheap charger with a built-in cord. Mm, okay. So they, they've kind of fixed that. And the other is if you have a brand new phone, if you bought it today and you have this favorite accessory you use in the accessory breaks next year, and you go buy it, it has a USB-C port on it. Mm,
3: Uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Apple can easily
1: sell a cable that's USB-C on one end and Lightning on the other, or they can, every device they make, whether it's an accessory or a phone, or put a a USB-C to Lightning converter in the box, wouldn't cost Apple 10 cents to have that built.
0: But again, it, it's going to, they're going to create something like that and then you're going to buy it and it's going to cost like $40 just for that one small adapter. Like
1: yeah, it's ridiculous. That, that, you know, that that's a business decision, not a technical limitation. That's just mm. scummy companies do scummy things and all companies are scummy in the end.
0: Yeah, that's uh really freaking annoying. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think this is a very interesting um thing that's taken place. So no. yeah. The, the
1: best thing is in five years, it doesn't matter. In five years, everybody wins.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. That's true. Uh
0: okay, let's move on. Uh so I want to talk about uh an article that one of our colleagues wrote, um, Derek Lee. Uh, and I really I, I actually thought it was a very interesting article. So basically the article is titled Google Needs to Figure Out What to Do with Fitbit and Google Fit. And as you know, um, you know, Google has, you know, got bought Fitbit and now they're, they integrated Fitbit into their Pixel Watch, but they also have Google Fit, which is, it's kind of similar to like your Apple health, health app, I guess, or whatever it's called, um, where you, you can monitor, you know, your basic, basic, and I say very, very basic health, um, kind of, tracking or whatever you want to talk, your fitness monitoring. Uh, and then you've got Fitbit, which is obviously, you know, the more extensive wearable, they sell wearables and then they have the the app and they have like the, you. I don't know if they have workouts. I've never used Fitbit. I'm assuming, do they have workouts? Do have any of you guys use Fitbits? Yeah,
3: they have guided workouts.
0: Okay, yeah, they have guided if you workouts
1: have as premium. well. From what I understand, Fitbit is one of the best, you know, Fitbit premium is one of the best fitness platforms around. Right. For now, okay. Google will probably ruin it.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. So I, I guess I'm I, I I was intrigued by this article because it was a question that was kind of lingering in my head as well. Now that we have Google has sort of bought Fitbit and is is kind of making its own or whatever doing whatever it wants to do, and then it's got Google Fit. What does that kind of look like? Do we need to keep Google Fit or should we get rid of it? Um, and you know, obviously Derek kind of tries to answer or at least give his opinion on what he thinks it should be. But I, I'm curious to know if you guys agree or if you think, what do you think Google should do with with what's happening with their health stuff right now? It's, it's kind of all over the place.
2: I, I still like the idea of them keeping Google Fit as a sort of data aggregation service because that was basically the initial intent of Google Fit was to be this sort of database where all of your fitness apps dumped your health data, So it didn't matter what you wanted to use, it all still goes to the same place, and you can use Google Google Fit to accurately track that between all these different devices. And I think really the problem is that 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 sort of fell apart over the years, and that Google Fit didn't get developed like it should have, and it's missing a lot of these features to to help you properly, um, I guess, organize your data into useful information, right? The the
1: sad thing there is you're right, but I don't believe that was an accident. Uh, We were watching, Andrew and I were watching the uh, Android developer conference, and they kind of let a bit of their strategy slip uh, when they talked about fitness. You know, one sentence about Google Fit, two sentences about Fitbit, and here's Strava to tell you all the cool things that integration with Google Fit can oh do. Oh, my
0: God. That's it was so, weird. so, it was that's so the, weird. That's the
1: Google way.
0: Why did they do that?
1: They don't have to develop it then. All they need to do is worry about making Google Fit a secure place to keep all the data that's collected by sensors and apps and everything else, and then open it up to a company like Strava to do anything they want with it and that's think about it that's how google does everything right they, they don't like to build it themselves they like to partner right yeah. i mean look
2: look at the the age-old messaging thing right yep the the problem basically is google didn't want to build this messaging platform it wanted other people to do it and this is kind of the same thing it's like we have this problem because there is no central company building this. And, you know, unfortunately, you got to have that direction.
1: I, I see the the pros and cons to this strategy. Uh, the pro is there's going to be three or four, uh, and I'm just an example here, three or four really good fitness platforms. I'll, I'll use Strava as, as an example because that's who Google showed off. Uh, they're going to do have a, a lot of the things you want. And it ties into Google Fit to collect its data. That every other thing you use has put the data into Google Fit. But let's say there's something that Strava does you don't like. Well, you can buy into another fitness platform that does it the way you like it. That that's that's a pro to me. It's also a con because you spent the money, and now you get to spend more money.
2: Right. I I mean that's that's. The Android way, right, is yes. being able to have this central platform. And if Samsung screws it up this year, you can go to, theoretically, Xiaomi or somebody else and pick right. their
1: phone the next year, right? Your hardware doesn't matter. And, and if they do it right, your software doesn't matter. Right.
0: Okay, so I have I have two questions about this. And I uh, I have a feeling I know what you, you guys' answer is going to be, but I, I, I'm going to ask it anyway. So the first question is, and um, this is in Derek's article. He writes, In a recent CNET interview, James Park, Fitbit co-founder and head of Google's wearables group, spoke about the two apps, saying that they will coexist and that Fitbit is seen as the, quote, flagship primary health experience. And then he and then Derek goes to write, However, in my opinion, the strategy feels a little, a little confusing, and I feel that like Google would be better off just merging the two apps somehow. Okay, so here are my two questions for you. The first is, do you think... Uh, Google would be uh, wise to merge the two apps together somehow in a way to sort of integrate them together. Because right now it's kind of giving me uh, messaging vibes. It's kind of giving me um, Google Wallet vibes and Google Pay vibes. Just very confusing kind of thing. Uh, So that's my first question. And the second question is, uh, if they don't merge it, do you think Google... Is going to end up killing one of the one of the two. Maybe not Fitbit. I feel like it might end up killing Google Fit, um, and just kind of do what it always does, which is killing, you know, products yes, or whatever. Yes and no. Okay.
1: If if somebody came to me and said, "Jerry, tackle this problem," I would Google Fit disappears to the user, and it just becomes a back end service. Mm-hmm. And if you want to access that data on your own, it's built into the Wear OS app, or you can download any number of free apps that that can t- grab the data from Google Fit. Right, Fitbit is the software Google would like you to buy because they also have that premium add-on subscription that pulls data from Google Fit. Uh, I-, I mentioned Strava because that's who Google showed off, but in the end google would be even happier if you chose fitbit premium to be your fitness platform because they make money from that but this this is how i think the the two can't merge because you don't want your data to be locked in to google only you want maybe your next phone to be from samsung or maybe you want to buy an iphone you know you can make google fit so it shares data with you know, any number of Apple-produced fitness platforms as well. That That's that's what Google is really good at. They Then all they have to do is make sure that data is collected the right way, stored the right way, and shared the right way. That's what Google does well. Uh, but the consumer side, that looks like Google killed another thing you love, even though nobody loves Google Fit. We all would say we loved it if Google killed it. I don't know what they plan to do with Fitbit, especially, you know, the premium service, but I don't see them doing anything to kill that. It it's, has the potential to be a moneymaker.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and I think doing it that way would sort of strengthen the initial concept of Google fit as that yes. data aggregation service. Right. Because then yes. it's, it's still the central place where your health data goes and it still lets you, you know, dump data from any app into it and get results, which is the point. If uh,
1: you and, know. <laughs> and more importantly, they can control how that data gets shared. Google is really good at stealing every bit of your personal details. But it's also very good at protecting those so nobody else can have them unless you want them. Yes, we wish Google probably didn't have so much of it. But thankfully, Google makes sure that random X company from somewhere else doesn't have access to it as well. So that that's to me is the ideal situation, you know, and what to do with Google Fit.
0: Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I I don't know how I feel about this because the more I I mean I'm hearing what you guys are saying, and the more I think about it, I'm like I just don't know what I would want. But I think I think what you're saying, Jerry, makes
1: probably the most sense well i i think in the long run it doesn't matter what you want you'd be able to find it if it could get the data that you've placed into google fit
0: mm. you know
1: so you you win in the end too you find an app that you really like shows you exactly what you want to see and doesn't bother you with stuff you don't want to see and it works with google fit so there you go you're 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 set Right. Or, you know, somebody like me who I, you know, I, I can't do a lot of fitness stuff. I'm not going to spend money on a fitness platform. I want something basic to see my sleep patterns or to put in details about, like I said earlier, we were talking before the podcast, I Live Weights. Uh, I could probably find a really good free app that just does that for me as long as I can stand a, a banner ad at the bottom. Right. So we both win.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, speaking of um, health stuff, uh, Jerry, I mean, you published a uh. truly, oh my gosh, like one of the most insanely good editorials, uh, you know, and one of our other colleagues wrote a very, not similar, but, you know, ba- the article's based on, on a personal experience. Uh, but your article, so it's titled, when it comes to your health, don't place too much trust in your smartwatch. Um, and seriously go read it because it's it's it reads like a just a thriller like the intro to a thriller book because it you you, your heart is actually racing as you're reading it which is it's scary it's it's obviously so i
1: scared the hell out of me
0: yeah so i i don't want to um i don't want to talk too much because it's obviously your article and it it's something that happened to you so why don't you explain to the audience what, what what happened exactly
1: Okay, I I switched medication, and the new medication uh, did not agree with my body, and it caused oh god, there's a long word. If you read the article, it's called
0: uh, it's called para, para, uh, paroxymal atrial fibr- fibr- fibrillation. Okay,
1: it's it's the same. It's like AFib that you get if your body is actually bad. You know, whatever happens to your body that causes heart issues. But this was caused by an outside force. My heart and arteries and everything are fine. And, uh, I mean, I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack and dying. And, uh, my wife, she instantly called 911. We realized that they were going to take forever to get here where I live. So she threw me out in the car, drove me down the emergency room. And by the time we got there, it was done. And, they I like, oh, man, maybe I overreacted, whatever. But a few hours later, it happened again. And both times, this happened at night, so I had my Galaxy watch on because I use it for sleep tracking. Both times, my watch was there, and the second time, I'm hooked up to a machine that says my resting heart rate was like 139 or something. And my Galaxy watch thought that was just fine. Jesus. uh <laughs> I'm not saying that the stories you read about Samsung watches and Apple watches and probably this time next year, the pixel watch or whoever that they saved my life. I don't doubt those stories. I'm just saying, don't count on it because you know, what if it doesn't catch it for you? It it just didn't say anything or didn't do anything for me to double check. I even ran the heart rate test. The second time, because I wasn't so afraid I was going to die. And it read my pulse. It was different than what the machine said it was. But even knowing that information, it thought everything was just fine. Didn't give me any type of warnings about it being too fast or anything like that. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was supposed to tell you if something's out of whack and it didn't tell me anything.
0: Yeah, I'm going to read a a little paragraph from your article because I thought it was, uh, this part was really interesting. So he said, because I'm a nerd, uh, I talked to the cardiologist about it. Actually, I'm going to read the paragraph before first. Uh, During both episodes, I was wearing my Galaxy Watch 4. During the second episode, when I was wasn't 100% convinced that the Grim Reaper was coming, I even ran the built-in heart rate monitor, and my watch thought everything was a OK. To make matters worse, the wires and expensive machinery attached to me and my smartwatch were often 15 to 10 units apart regarding my heart rate. Because I'm a nerd, I talked to the cardiologist about it. He was adamant that it it that it's dangerous for people to trust their life to a relatively cheap piece of technology that uses LEDs. He called out one brand that claims continuous heart rhythm, rhythm rhythm monitoring in particular, quote, use them as a secondary tool in addition to regular checkups with your doctor, but don't rely on them alone was his sage advice. I think that's uh, you know and I, I as I think about this more cuz and I when I read this article it made me also realize like it's crazy how much reliance that we have on technology and, and that we, we almost use it as like, like, this is the be all end all tool that's going to protect us when really these are just watches that use, you know, LEDs and like certain health monitoring tools, but they're not the, they're not what are used in hospitals.
1: Right. The, the You know, to be fair, the stuff they use in hospitals is kind of based around the same technology, but it's very expensive parts and it's calibrated. It's checked. This stuff is just thrown together in a factory and sold as, you know, it's built as cheap as it can and sold to you with all these stories about how great it is and all these wonderful things that it can do. But then when you order it, the footnotes down at the bottom tell you never, you know, don't this this might right. not work. So that really, that, that ticked me off that, you know, th- these companies told me that this watch would save my life. Even though Actually, when I bought it they told me that it wouldn't.
0: So I'm curious, have we seen that in in any of like the Pixel Watch, the Galaxy Watch, uh any Fossil smart watch or, or even the Apple Watch like are there any like asterisks where it says like don't rely I I All don't of think them. I've ever the product I, pages you, on
1: every one of them have a footnote after the health features. And you go down to the bottom, and you read all the disclaimers down there.
0: Who reads that though? It's so small; it, well, it has to be higher
1: yeah, up. Uh, yeah, that's
2: well. Then you would know. That's the issue, right? If, then you wouldn't yeah. buy it. And that's. And I also think, you know, back to what you were saying about pricing. Our concept of what these things can do is skewed because, <laughs> yeah, a four hundred dollars smartwatch is expensive to us, right? Right. So we expect that this thing's going to be
1: able to. Give me a proper reading on AFib or something like that, right? But I, I'm going to y- guess y- a, a night of being hooked up to an EKG machine would have bought me about 5,000 smartwatches.
2: Right. And that's what I mean. Like, then you go to somewhere like that where you have proper medical equipment and you go, oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. That's not <laughs> expensive at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, okay, I, I, I and this has, this is not real. This is not. You know, obviously, has nothing to do with with your health, but like for example, when I started, I I told myself this earlier this year that I was going to do my own nails because um, I was sick and tired of spending money at a nail salon, and I I I was just like, you know what, I can just teach myself how to do this. I did buy professional tools. I did buy the same tools that my nail lady uses, but I'm not going to go out and buy a, a an ECG machine or EKG machine, whatever they're called, and keep it in my room because I want to monitor my health. Like obviously, like the majority of people aren't going to do that because it's just too expensive, and it's just it, it's it they're meant for hospitals, obviously. Right. But it just it just it it just baffles me because I read this and I was like, you know what? Because I also I don't rely on my watch for my health, n- not necessarily like my heart rate or whatever, but I I do rely on it for workouts, I do rely, like, and I don't even know, like, even those workouts might not be fully accurate, right? Like, they are to an extent, but they could also be giving me false information to an extent.
1: See, my, my thoughts on that is, if it's not endangering, if, if your health or your life isn't in danger, you know, let's say tracking a workout, uh, consistency matters more than accuracy. If let, let's say you run for a mile and your watch tells you that you, you know, ran 1700 steps. I don't know if that's even close to what it would be, but you really, in real life, you ran 2,500 steps. As long as every time you run a mile, it tells you you've run 1700 steps. It doesn't really matter. That gives you a baseline for your fitness tracking to monitor, you know, how close you are to your goals or how much you've exceeded your goals or whatever, as long as you keep that baseline, you know, in, in play here. But when it comes to something like, you know, your heart rate, or I think the next big thing is going to be blood sugar monitoring. Uh, you know, when it comes to something like that, use the data that it gives you, but also, Keep have know, something else. Right. Follow your doctor's yeah. advice. Yeah. And if, if if you feel like something's out of whack, ignore what your cheap, relatively yeah. cheap wearable no, tells you.
0: No, and I agree because my dad has um he's got a garmin that has blood pressure monitoring on it. And he once tested it out and then he was like, Oh, why does my blood pressure like, why is it so much higher than it's supposed to be? And then he um well, he has a blood pressure, like a monitor at home, uh, like a, a, a proper one. And so he like tested himself and it was like normal. So, yeah, obviously when it's something serious, follow your doctor's right. orders.
1: Or right. that, That's the smart way to do it. He didn't just rush to the hospital because his Garmin said his blood pressure was high.
0: Exactly. If
1: he felt okay and he's like, wow, this is weird. And he checked it with better equipment and everything seemed fine and he felt fine. You know, write that off as an anomaly. Yeah, 100%. But it can go the other way, too. It can tell you everything's fine and you don't feel fine.
0: Yeah, no, that's also very true. So, yeah, just, I mean, pay attention to your body, guys. It's important. Okay, I want to take a quick break, and I want to stick to the conversation around uh, smartwatches. So we'll be right back. Uh, Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. I know how hard it can be to hire someone that actually matches exactly what you want in an employee. And I th- I think it's really hard to to scour all these sites, but let me let me put you on something. Indeed. So listen, Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I know you probably hate waiting just because I do too, but Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. That's truly incredible. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash ACP. That's indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Welcome back. Um, I want to talk about, since we were talking about smartwatches just before the break, uh, I want to talk about Andrew's Fitbit Versa 4 review. Um, And actually, we're going to be talking about another review shortly after this, but both reviews, uh, not so glowing uh, stars. I mean, your Fitbit Versa 4, Andrew, you gave it a three out of five stars uh, and you titled it Fitbit Versa 4 Review, Straying Further from the Path. That's uh, speaks volumes. Tell us a little bit about this. Why did you give it the stars that you did?
3: Because Google did it. Google (laughs) Google forced Fitbit to nerf their smartwatches. It's the same problem that I had when I checked out the what's it called the Sense Two. I think it was like a couple weeks ago or whatever. Right. Um, The Versa Four is a good fitness tracker. It is a horrible smartwatch, but it used to be a good smartwatch or a solid smartwatch and a good fitness tracker. And I just don't, I just don't know what to make of Fitbits, you know, ecosystem anymore. Like obviously they're, they're pouring money or Google's pouring marketing money and focus into, you know, the pixel watch or whatever. But I, I don't know. Uh, This might, like, I wouldn't surprise me if this is the last Versa that we see, if this is the last, you know, there might be like a Sense 2 and the fitness bands will still stick around, but to have two smartwatches from Fitbit and then like the Google branded one and supposedly, you know, we heard back after Wear OS 3 was originally announced last year that Fitbit was going to make their own Wear OS 3 smartwatch. We haven't seen that yet. I just think that it's the Pixel Watch and they didn't want to tip their hand at the point.
0: Okay, so that makes me want to ask a question to you then. And I, maybe you've written an article about this, but I, it's slipping my mind right now. Uh, what does that ecosystem look like then? Cause I, I, and have we questioned what's going to happen now with Google owning Fitbit? I think a lot of people initially, when Google made that announcement that they were purchasing Fitbit or acquiring it, um, I think a lot of people were were curious to know what that was going to look like. But I guess that, you know, knowing what you've just said, do you have any opinions on that? Do you think it's going to hurt the brand more? Um, Or does it mean that Google has to be involved more? Or does it mean that Fitbit might even end up changing its name by saying something like Fitbit by Google? You know what I mean? Like something, something that like restructures the way the company is moving? I don't know. What do you
3: think? I don't think Fitbit's going away. I don't think Fitbit's going anywhere. It might be rebranded Fitbit by Google, whatever you want to call it. I also think that Fitbit will remain an option in the wearable market because, you know, unlike the Pixel Watch and unlike the Galaxy Watch 5, they don't work. Like, it works with iOS. It also, like, that's part of Fitbit's market share is also Apple users who don't want an Apple Watch and don't want to pay for a Garmin or, like, the higher-end stuff. Um, so I don't necessarily say, think that they're going to go away from any, like, I don't know what, it, I don't know what Google's plan is. I, I really don't. I, I, it, it sucks, honestly, because I literally do like Fitbit stuff. I, I really enjoy the hardware, like the Versa 4. It's in this, even the sense too, even though, you know, it's more expensive, they're both more expensive than the last gen. But the problem is that you're taking away features. And in the case of the Versa 4, you went up on prices. Now, in terms of those features, what I'm talking about is. There are no, you can't access, uh, you can't download third-party apps anymore. Like there's no, there's nothing you can download third-party watch faces, but that's it. You can't stream music from it. Um, you can't store music on it. And for whatever stupid ass reason, you can't use Google assistant on it, even though you could on the versa three and the sense Two or the original sense.
2: Yeah. That was the one I was going to really harp on. Like, oh. Um, Alexa like, only? I don't, I I can't even. I just...
3: <laughs> Alright, and I've asked, and I've asked, and I've asked, and I've gotten, you know, we don't have anything to share at this time. And that's cool, I understand that. It, it's not a blatant, like, no, it's not coming, which gives me just a sliver of hope. But you're also bringing Maps and Wallet to both of these, yet you're still going to leave Alexa as the default. It doesn't, nothing, nothing about this makes sense.
1: A light version of Maps and Wallets is ready, a light version of Assistant isn't. Google just assistance d- already failed with the them. message. Yeah. But you, do you want to watch that is a good smartwatch and a mediocre fitness tracker? You can buy one. Do you want to watch? That's a good fitness tracker, but a mediocre smartwatch. Well, that's what a Fitbit is. Uh, there's a balance there. I, I really think this, it was smart to try to take away all the overhead of Google services uh, maybe it wasn't so smart to release it half finished without features. You know, maybe the Versa Five should have come with light versions of of Google software, so it didn't feel like you were losing out on anything.
3: Well, the maps, maps and wallet, notwithstanding, the Versa. My 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 point is the Versa Three in the original Sense both have assistant. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean the light versions? Because it's already on last gen hardware
1: one that doesn't kill your battery that, one that doesn't always listen and kill to just destroy your battery wouldn't it yeah. be great to have a fitbit versa five that lasts five days on a charge
3: i honestly don't see how they make a versa five i the way that the market the, the google slash google's umbrella looks right now for wearables i don't see how they make a versa five if anything, I could see them scrap the Versa Five, scrap a Sense Three, and release a cheaper version of the Pixel Watch overall, like to replace them, because the Pixel Watch is priced at three fifty or four hundred if you want LTE.
0: And then what you would have the other Fitbit watches, and you, just you would have, you have the
3: Fitbit trackers,
0: right, at, the,
3: at under the two hundred dollar price point. Like right. the charge, the charge five or charge six or whatever is going to come right. next, and right. the Fitbit Lux and the the kids ones. Like I don't think those are going anywhere because they do exactly what you want them to do. They do it well, and yeah, there's there could be improvements made to like the sensors or whatever just because technology advances. But like, there's nothing wrong with those. But the smartwatch, the Fitbit smartwatches released this year. Don't make much sense to me because. I feel like Google's like, now nah, we're going to take this stuff out because we need more focus on Pixel Watch. Because they're not smartwatch. I don't look at them as smartwatches anymore, and it just kind of sucks.
1: But if if Google was going to make radical changes to try to sell more hardware, it wouldn't even have bothered with the Pixel Watch. It would have made the Versa 4 into the Pixel Watch and banked on the Fitbit name. I don't think this is done to try to bolster any Pixel Watch sales. I just think Google really failed at the timing
3: here. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it. And the other thing that kind of sucks is like, I've been, you know, I've been reviewing a lot of stuff lately, and a lot of it's been kind of And it just kind of just puts things back into perspective of this. It's just disappointing to see what's with different devices coming out, like the, 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 you know, like everything happening with the iPad, everything happening with the iPhone and the eSIM stuff. Like, there's just too many. You look on Twitter or you look on Reddit and it's just all this negativity about everything. Negative, and I, yeah. I feel bad for filling in with that and like part, or like taking part in that. But like, holy crap. No, no call them out. They, yeah, they, I was going
0: to say, yeah. They like,
3: released a product that
1: you and a lot of other people don't like. And, you know, you think it's one reason. I think it's just bad timing and it's stupid reason. Whatever the reason doesn't matter. They still did it they they get paid a lot of money to anticipate this type of response and do something so they don't get it and they failed
0: yeah and and i've always said bef- said it before that you know when we're doing reviews we should be honest and you know a lot of people don't a lot i know i know uh, there are a lot of people um who have drank the Kool-Aid and are putting out reviews that are you know, maybe they're not as honest as they should be, but that's not what you should be feeling because you, of all people, write the most honest reviews. Like it's just I don't the think I, I don't think that. I don't think no, that's true.
3: No, but
0: I, am the one editing your work, so you know. <laughs> but I, what I, what I was gonna say is, I think it's it's important as as tech reporters that we call out companies when they're not doing a good job. And this just goes to show that a lot of companies are being a little bit lazy about their products that they're releasing.
3: I don't even think that they're being lazy. They're just being more selfish. And we're finally seeing like we're seeing, you know, Jerry is very good about pointing that kind of stuff out. I am not so much, but I'm starting to get like, I'm starting to see it too. And it's not just one company either. It's not just Google screwing up the software on the pixel six. It's not just Fitbit with the Versa Four and the Sense Two. It's not just it. Like it's everybody is these companies are just padding their pockets more and taking away from the users, and it's just frustrating. Being somebody in this space, this industry,
0: yeah, yeah, Re-
3: releasing
1: a product before all the features were ready gives the same result as releasing a product that was fundamentally broken. Yeah, uh, you know, eSIM for the iPhone is a good example. This is another good example.
3: Another uh, good example is Apple, Apple in a course of 24 hours or 48 hours, reversing course on adding yeah. gambling ads to the app store Yeah,
1: they, because they, they didn't uh,
3: think it all the way through.
1: The idea sounded great when they were talking about how much money they can make. Right. But in the end, it doesn't matter the reason why it was just a dumb move and it's good to, remind everybody that these companies do stupid things because they're greedy
0: yeah so So, speaking of greedy companies let's talk about another review that um (laughs) (laughs) okay good segue segue. let's talk about another company that's very greedy uh and uh and are putting out products that are you know freaking expensive uh meta quest pro review (laughs) the oculus quest grew up and uh Got a job, uh, Nick. You did the uh, review for the latest um, MetaQuest Pro uh, uh, that just released. Uh, Fourteen ninety nine. Who has that kind of money? I don't even know. But okay, uh, so you gave it a four point 5, 5. 5. <laughs> 5, five stars out of five. Three uh, point five. Sorry, three point five stars out of five. Another not so glowing review. Uh, okay, l- l- before we get into this, let's let's um make it very clear to our listeners who may not be fully aware, this specific product is geared for enterprise companies. So, you know, companies that are dealing with productivity, companies who who want to work in the metaverse, which I don't even know which company is working in the metaverse right now.
1: Facebook, nobody else. Facebook,
0: Sure, (laughs) Facebook, sure. Uh, So... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. You did, t- you know, y- you did have some good stuff to say about it, but you also had a lot of not so good stuff to say. Uh, let's talk about it. What What were your thoughts about this, Nick?
2: All right. Let, let's go hardware first, because that's easily the most positive part of this whole thing, right? Like this, the hardware is freaking blissful. Okay. Like as far as VR headsets go, this thing is elegant. It's beautiful. The hardware team did an absolutely bang-up job. The only part that they, I guess, royally screwed up on was the battery part, right? So while this thing is way more comfortable, it's way lighter and smaller, it looks good, it feels really well-built, unlike, well, the Quest 2 feels kind of cheap, right? This does not at all. Um, The battery life's two hours, and I know they told me that at the hands-on, and it, I already had like you know red lights going off, right? Like, yeah, okay, that's going to be a problem. But as a consumer, and I have to come from that angle because that's what I am. I'm not an enterprise; I I don't have those functions, right? So from a consumer level, it's very obvious why they're not uh, marketing this toward consumers. And I think the, the ironic thing is. There's a relatively simple fix for this. They could have made the battery modular. Um, One of our favorite Quest 2 head straps is one from a company called Bobo VR. And they kind of came out of nowhere, I think about a year ago. And they have a little like magnetic battery that pops right into the the back of their head strap for the Quest 2. And it makes a nice beep when it connects. Like, you can pop it off and put a new one in while you're playing like it's freaking ingenious right okay they've had this around for a year maybe a year and a half i can't remember the exact time frame but knowing that i'm kind of like this seems like such an obvious thing to put in uh a pro level headset or an enterprise level headset where you know your users are probably going to be wearing this for longer than somebody who's just playing a game for an hour
0: yeah
1: i i disagree uh, I I read this review and you know I'm going to do something crazy for me, and I'm going to give Meta props for this. This looks like it was designed from the ground up as a as a piece of enterprise equipment. Uh, OSHA is not going to let you wear a VR headset for more than two hours, so you know that two-hour battery life is probably fine. Uh, you. I know when everybody thinks enterprise, the first thing you think of is a bank JP Morgan chase. You can see everybody using a headset to do banking. No, no, this is going to be used in industry, factory floors, chemical plants, uh, R and D work. This, this kind of stuff, VR lends itself really well to, you can simulate things in VR and do them without causing an explosion that kills people. Right. That's a great use for use case for VR. But you can't strap somebody in a headset and leave them there eight hours a day. OSHA is not going to let them have it. There's going to be a time limit. And during that time, it's going to be very important that the screen is really good and it's very comfortable and that the product itself is durable. Because when you take it off after your time with the VR headset is over, you set it on a shelf somewhere, it's going to get knocked on the ground. It's going to get... You know, dust or it's going to get messed up a right. lot more than one you keep in your you know bedroom at home. So I think Facebook was smart and designed this as a a piece of industry proof, you know, industrial grade equipment. It's, that's
2: a good point to make about that. Yeah, uh,
0: I wanted to mention. So Nick, in your uh, review, you mentioned the N Real Air, and you actually reviewed uh this pair of smart glasses a few weeks ago maybe a month or so ago i can't remember when you did it yeah that's about right uh but uh, again oh, also a fantastic review um it it was it made me want to get the enreal air cuz i was just like oh my god this is like the coolest pair of smart glasses ever um and you said that it basically works similar to the quest pro in a way that it can hook up to other devices and display virtual monitors in front of your face through the lens of the glasses. But you still say that while it's more comfortable long term, you may feel more and you also might feel more socially accepted wearing these glasses over any other VR headset in public. The Quest Pro was far, far more comfortable to use uh, than even that tiny pair of glasses are, Um, which again, kind of goes to, to what jerry was saying about comfort and and making it a a, you know certain durability um but i'm actually curious so when you wear it like how heavy does it feel
2: it does not feel heavy and that's i think that was one of the most surprising things to me because okay so back on a month ago when i did the hands-on right when i was in new york for this they gave it to me i didn't read any spec lists or anything like that i had no idea what the headset weighed Right. I put it on my head and I was like, dang, they really reduced the weight of this thing. Like, I can't (laughs) believe how much lighter it is. And then a week later, when they finally sent out the spec list, I was like, wait, is 50 grams heavier than the Quest 2. Wow. (laughs) Like, Like I had I literally had no idea it was heavier until, you know, a week later when I got that. And I was like, man, it is amazing what just designing a better head strap can do for something that is the same or heavier of weight. And you know part of that also goes into it's a lot thinner. Um, you have that opening around your eyes like you can see in your peripheral vision you can see your feet, you can see your arms like a lot of these little things do a lot for the human brain. Yep. And it, it's it's really it's really interesting to see all of the little pieces come together that you would think would be probably inconsequential. And they, they turn out to not be effectively, right? Like, Well, they're also good safety features. Y- yes, that too. Because now, you know, when I put a VR headset on, the whole point is to immerse you in the VR world, right? You're not supposed to know what's around you. Whereas this really is a mixed reality headset. This is not intended to be a VR headset, although it can be, right? That's not really its primary method of sales. And that that was something I wanted to go into real quick. Hold on. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, So the $1,500 price tag, right? One of the things I panned it for was not having enough, quote, pro-level software, right? So when you put this thing on, if you are not from an industry that is already ready to use this from day one, I don't have a beat saber to throw you into, right? (laughs) I don't have a a super hot, I don't have something that is immediately going to make you go, wow, I understand this headset, okay? Okay. So they're they're really kind of missing that piece of the puzzle, but they're also not selling to us, which is why it's fifteen hundred bucks. And I think I didn't understand that until today at eleven o'clock, when I met with uh, this company who makes a product called Nanom, and it's an app for the Quest, but you know, uh, it's really effectively launching on the Quest store with the Quest Pro in mind. And this is an app that allows researchers and scientists to build genetic models in VR. Yeah,
0: that is so cool.
2: And, you know, I don't understand chemistry. I don't understand genetics. I took classes on this stuff in college, which was 20 freaking years ago. You know, like I (laughs) I don't remember any of this stuff. And I never really understood it when I took the classes anyway. So seeing these things in the video, I'm just like, oh, cool, whatever. And that's a nice use case scenario. But then talking to these guys that built this app who are also researchers themselves and know what the heck they're talking about you know they sell this thing to pharmaceutical companies they're telling me they're like look at all this stuff we can do with this now yeah they don't give a like a pharmaceutical company couldn't care less about a $1,500 headset
1: no that's you know cheap.
2: this research group is making a product that is going to make this company billions of dollars. And that's just yeah. the one, right? No. That's not all the other billion-dollar products that this research group is making. Like, they do not care about a $1,500 headset. It's irrelevant well, to them.
0: Well, no, no. And it, I kind of want to um, jump into the the last topic that we're talking about, but we're still on the topic of the Quest Pro. And I, I want to also talk about use case scenarios because um,
1: real, real obviously— Real quick, before we pivot away, I have a sure. question I want to ask Nick. Okay. My takeaway after I read your review is, man, using the Quest name was a double-edged sword. You yes. have to bank on that name for VR, but this instantly makes people compare it to a consumer to toy.
0: Yeah, right. And
2: I've and seen a lot not. of people say that too. Like they probably should have picked a different name. But then, at the same, on the same note, like you said, Quest is associated with VR now, and that was part yep. of why they are kind of moving away from the Oculus name too. Is like they want people to see Quests. They don't necessarily want Oculus, or I mean, they do. They do want Meta, but I I think Quest is a bigger brand name for them in the long term.
1: Yeah, it's the brand name of the future,
2: right? And I don't, I don't know. I mean, if I look at other companies who have similar products, like you know, you look at uh, desktop computers or laptops or whatever, they don't call their business level. Laptops the same thing as their consumer right. level right they they do have they still have Dell in there, but it's the re- whatever's after Dell is completely different so I don't know i' I'm, I'm not sure if that would have been a better path for them or not just to help differentiate it
0: maybe um but just in terms of of again i and I want to stick to the conversation of how this specific product uh the the <laughs> The enterprise u- utilities um, from it are just uh, there's just so many um, use case scenarios, and yes. So the next article that I want to talk about again, it, it's kind of related to all of this. But Nick, you wrote an article that said I that's uh, titled "I played virtual D and D on a real table with the Quest Pro and it was amazing." But I mean, obviously, we can talk about the article in a second. But just sticking to this this concept of like what this what this device can do when you look at this article and you look at his um his uh his hero image or like the main image and there's also a little YouTube video clip where he demos it as well. It makes me think of architecture like you could use the quest the quest pro when it's when it comes to building buildings or right or or when it comes to architecture because this this basically what i'm seeing this image is um you're play, you you played dungeons and dragons uh you know through the quest pro and and basically the whole game board, I guess, if you want to call it, it yeah. it's kind of all in 3D. And it's, it's literally virtually in front of you, but it's obviously not in front of you. It's, it's through your headset. And then I think about it, the way it does, it's designed, it looks exactly like, you know, what an architecture's dream would look like when they're trying to figure out what they want to build.
2: Right. And, and actually, um, that's one of the use case scenarios that meta has shown off several times. Um, there's an app called Archeo that launched with the quest pro, that does exactly that. It lets you review architectural schematics. It lets you go into them, like stand in a virtual room and here, th- there needs to be a door on this wall. I'm going to draw a door, you know, or something like that, right? Like real-time design with other people in a space that you can palpably understand. And that, you know, that was another thing, like with, with the molecule thing, for instance, right? Yeah, you can you can look at a molecule on a monitor and move it around with your mouse, but it's not the same as walking in front of it and being able to grab it with your hands. And like they showed me changing out this one piece will change the whole structure because of you know how molecular chemistry and all that stuff works. And uh, Meta has partnerships with Autodesk and a bunch of these other companies coming up and Microsoft coming up, but they're not here now. And I think that was what made the launch difficult. There's a lot of really obvious real-world things that they've shown off that we can (laughs) think of where this headset will be very, very useful, but it's not there yet. We just have the
1: hardware effectively. I hope Honda buys a bunch of them so they can design an engine where you can get your hand in there to change a freaking spark plug. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) That'd be kind of (laughs) cool.
2: Yeah, can we actually
1: fit our hand in here? Or do I have to take half of it
2: apart? There you go. That's, That's the real use case.
0: Okay, well, so let's go back to this article. Um, Gaming, the Dungeons yes. and Dungeons and Dragons uh, game through gameplay on the Quest Pro. Uh yeah, I mean it looks really freaking sick. I, I, I obviously, I feel like the game can be played on the Quest too, right? Like, I, yeah, I you know, think like you need. Yeah,
1: that like, was my question. Would it be just as impressive on the consumer hardware?
2: So yes and no. Um, the Quest 2's pass through, which is when you have the headset on and you can still see the room around you, right? Because mm-hmm. using the cameras, the Quest Two's pass through is all black and white, and it's lower frame rate. Okay. So you know you still sort of get the effect, but the Quest Two was not really made for this purpose. This was sort of a thing that was shoehorned in, and this is all they could do with it, given the the CPU and everything else the headset does, right? So yeah, you can do it, but it's not the same because like the Quest Pros pass through is mostly full color. You know, it's it's still a little grainy. The colors still aren't quite a hundred percent right. But um, having so
1: that, you what you just pitch the market for a uh, Quest Three?
0: Well, that's well. Th- well he, and so he I was going to get article. into that at some point in this. <laughs> yeah, um, because actually in
2: yesterday's uh, earnings. What do we call it? Statement? Meeting? Whatever the heck those things are. Um, uh, earnings. But that is, yeah, they're that earnings, earnings calls. Yeah, um, Zuckerberg officially announced the Quest 3 is coming out late next year. And oh, so based... that's,
0: it's good that they didn't announce it this year then.
2: Right, yeah. Based on the leaks that we have, it looks like a cross between the Quest Pro and the Quest 2. So it's a little thicker than the Quest Pro, but I think that's mainly because it comes with a light blocker on. It's still going to have like the same really super nice lenses from the Quest Pro. It supposedly will not have eye tracking or face tracking because those are marketed as enterprise features. I don't
1: good, w- they shouldn't put yeah. that in any. We consumer we can problem.
2: argue those another time, but that's the rumor right now. Is they're cutting that stuff out to keep costs down, and it's still going to be between three and five hundred bucks. So that's basically what people are wanting. You know, total yeah. next gen CPU, all the good stuff next year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, and 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 you did write an article about how Meta should probably wait for the Quest Three to come out, and I mean, it's a good thing that apparently they're
2: apparently I timed that well.
0: You did. You timed <laughs> that very well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Michael uh, was actually writing up the Quest Three announcement article right before we went live with this, so it's probably live now.
0: Yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I listen. I think it's it's interesting. I think this is the the first time that I've actually been interested in understanding this product even more. Uh, I'm a little bit like Jerry. I don't I don't really like virtual reality headsets. They kind of make me feel sick, so I've never really dabbled myself in in playing with one. But talking about the Quest Pro and what it can do for our industries. Uh, and the future of so many different, you know, sectors, it was actually very insightful. And I think that's sort of what Meta has been getting at, but I think a lot of people are, I I feel like they're just not convinced.
2: Right, and I think so too. And and, and VR, VR is one of those things that you, you really have to use. You have to use one of these headsets to really understand it because it's such a psychological thing. And when you see somebody talk about this or when you see a video of it or even somebody playing it, it still doesn't register in your brain. And it, it's it's just it's weird. I don't know how else to describe it. There's there's a spatial awareness that happens when you put these things on and with all the tracking and all the other stuff that they've they've they have in these headsets now that just even the same old game feels new again because now it's you that are controlling it versus
1: you controlling a puppet effectively right mm
0: yeah that, totally. that's why
1: i get excited about the advancements right uh i you know i get the motion sickness a little bit but i could tolerate that uh it's more it's just too isolating and it's too grainy and it's not close enough to real life as they make the screens better and better make airflow better and better make it adjust to my glasses better and better these products get better and better for me and Mm -hmm. i get more excited about them
2: right Mm -hmm. and and i have to say i had a new appreciation for um maybe appreciation is not the right word but maybe understanding for how difficult vr can be for people who Don't have perfect eyesight, or yeah, you know, have to be in a wheelchair or something like that. Because over the last week and a half, when I was sick with the flu, there were like five days there where I couldn't use VR because I'd Mm. put the headset on and I was immediately dizzy. And I don't get motion sick in VR; it doesn't happen. Okay, Mm. I just don't have that problem, and I think that's part of why I love it so much because I don't run across those issues. And this is one of those times where I really felt it, and I was like. Oh man, now I understand what people yeah. go through when they have this issue. And it's it's again, it's hard to understand when people tell you that. You're like, okay, I hear you saying it, but I don't understand what you're telling me
1: until it yeah. happens to you. And then you go, Oh. Yeah. I, I I think that the quest three is gonna be standalone VR that is as good as the first generation of tethered VR, which is which is freaking awesome! If you don't have a VR headset by then, definitely buy into that. If you if you have any interest at all,
2: right? And and even better because I don't know if you've used any of the new pancake lenses, but um, this is the first time I've really had an experience with those versus the old lens types called a Fresnel lens, and it's basically uh-huh. got a bunch of like circles in it. We'll just say, right? Because of how the lens works, versus a pancake lens is more like looking through a pair of glasses where it's just. Like a flat piece of glass that's, you know, cohesive. So you don't have these weird, like, they call them God rays in VR, but it's like this weird light shimmering bloom effect. I don't, it's very difficult to describe. Bloom
1: is a good way to describe it. Yeah.
2: You don't have any of that with pancake lenses. And when you put them on, you're like, dang, this is clear. It's like, it's like putting on a new prescription pair of glasses and your eyes can finally see properly. Right. Like it's, it's cool. (laughs) That and you, the quest 3 you know, is supposed to have those
1: you add a cpu that can support a higher refresh and higher frame and right higher resolution and it just gets better and better and better and i'm looking forward to it because i you know we we Shruti mentioned about a wheelchair vr is a, an escape right yeah. It's an escape i need yeah. it's an escape a lot of people need even if you're not in a wheelchair and that was i mean when i i was there when they first demoed the oculus quest it i think the second google io whatever and i'm like you know this is this is going to be the future for me and it didn't turn into it and i still want it to be
0: mm-hmm. yeah um i'm looking forward to the quest 3 too because maybe Maybe they fix the motion sickness thing as well. I don't know. I'd love to try it out and, you know, kind of learn more about this because it's definitely interesting. Uh, Okay, let's talk about my favorite part of the show. I'm going to ruin
1: this for you forever today.
0: Oh, why you do this to me? Okay, well, uh, what made you happy this past week? And I guess Jerry's already going to ruin it for me.
1: Yeah, the the new RimWorld expansion. And I'm a good person. I want to say that up front. I mean, I think everybody on this call can attest I'm a kind person. I care about other people except Andrew.
3: There you <laughs> and
1: I, I'm not an evil, diabolical bastard. But the new RimWorld DLC lets you do medical experiments on kids and and have child armies. <laughs> and it is amazing. It is well, I don't know if you, if you know anything about the game Rimworld, a lot of people call it war, war crime simulator because that's really what it is. It's a it's a way to do things oh that would God. get you locked up to little blobs that don't even really look like people. So that makes oh it okay. God. It's just a that's game.
2: do that on Souls are good.
1: And and, and this uh. is this takes it to that next level that I didn't even know was missing until I tried it. I mean I've got a bunch of 7-year-old kids with machine guns to oh protect God. my little installation in the middle of a jungle and it that, is it is amazing and you know what if they die I can make more
0: it kind of I'm not going to lie though it does kind of sound interesting I kind of want to play it <laughs> <laughs> there
2: there's I don't remember what it is it's like a space station simulator or something that's kind of like that Uh, My my brother played it at one point and showed it to me, and I was like, Man, this is some dark stuff.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Oh my god. It might have
2: even been that. I don't know. I have no idea what the heck
1: it was called. If you're okay with taking a part of your day and being a completely evil, terrible person, buy Rimworld and buy the (laughs) the biotech DLC. Best best 20 bucks I've ever spent. Oh. God. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: amazing. <laughs> well, that that didn't upset me as much as you thought it was going to, yeah, but uh, I I kind of want to play it now, but anyways.
1: Do it. Totally do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, who wants to go next?
2: I can do it. So I'll stick with the gaming theme. Um, I finally picked up No Man's Sky, um, I don't know, two weeks ago. It's one of those that I always wanted to, to sink some time into. I played it a little bit in early days, and it was... Uh a mess. Horrible? Yeah. And now it's no longer horrible or a mess. In fact, it's um it's pretty freaking awesome. I had a friend that that wanted me to play it and he kept like sending me videos and screenshots and telling me about all this stuff. And I was just like, all right, it's it was on sale for 30 bucks on Steam two weeks ago. I'm spending my last thirty dollars of birthday money. I'm gonna get it. And I love it. Like it's 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 chill like Minecraft, you know, because you explore and you mine resources and stuff like that. But it's different from Minecraft because it's larger and I feel like it's more openly social versus Minecraft. You have to kind of go out of your way to join a social world. And those are usually pretty tightly constructed and and focused, Um, whereas this is like. You can go find some galaxy nobody else ever visited before, or you can go the opposite way and go to galaxies that other people have visited and go on their space stations and like trade with them. And I don't know. they just it's it's like an MMO, but also not because there's no subscription fee. And I I don't. It's just it's such a cool game, and I like it way more than I thought I was going to. Plus, it has VR support, which I haven't used yet, but I'm going to play this weekend to awesome. uh, test out the Quest Pros PC VR. Oh, that would be
1: interesting because I heard it's kind of rough on on yeah, VR. I, don't, I mean, but now you get better hardware to throw at it,
2: right? Exactly.
1: So we'll see. I like,
2: like I said, I haven't played it in VR yet. Um, it's it's sort of one of those that's always on the list of here's PC VR games you got to check out. I don't do a whole lot of PC VR because it's usually a pain in the butt and doesn't work well, but <laughs> I'll give it a shot.
0: That's amazing. At least
2: I've always had issues with it, so we'll just leave it there.
1: I you know, I, I wish I hadn't tried tried it when it first came out because now I'm I, I'm soured. It's uninstalled. I see it in my Steam library. And I just never want to reinstall it because of all the memories of how bad and janky and terrible it used to be. You should, you should try it. You should try it again. Just because they they have a long, I think every year they have at least
2: one or two major updates. And I swear, every time I read an update on this game, they're like, we completely, re-des- you know, redesigned the space travel system. And you're just like, but that's a that's a fundamental building block of this game. How do you just redesign this?
0: <laughs> uh. So it's okay, yeah. From what I can tell,
2: and from everything that I've read from
1: long time players, it's essentially
2: a totally different game.
1: I'm looking at Steam now, and I've got 230 hours, and all I hated every one of those 230 hours, and then I just finally gave up. So maybe it's time to try it again. Yeah, give it a shot. Maybe, maybe we'll jump on a world together,
0: (laughs) Andrew.
3: (laughs) I'm also going to keep with the gaming theme. Um, you guys
0: suck. Okay, actually, it's fine. Continue. It's okay.
3: What? What? Are, what are you, you, you know what? You go, Shruti, And then I'll go. La- no, I'll no, go no, 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 no.
0: You go. You go. Go.
3: Okay. Um, I I have a Steam Deck. I got it a while ago and haven't really been able to play it because work is um, work. Uh, but what I have been doing uh, is playing a as much Hades as possible on my Steam Deck.
2: It is the perfect. Hades is so wonderful. It's so... Oh my not, like, god, so, the soundtrack.
3: Ugh. Last night I was just exhausted, but I know that if I don't go to bed until a certain time, I'm not going to actually sleep. I'll just toss and turn. So like I just vegged out on the couch after I cooked dinner and played Hades for like an hour and a half before I went to bed. That's and amazing. Then, and then I've got um, Modern Warfare 2. The remake comes out officially, like the multiplayer comes out tomorrow and I beat the campaign on Sunday. I am really also excited about that cuz it feels more Call of Duty to me than the whatever they've done the last like 5 years. Probably since the last modern warfare 2.
0: Okay, you know, I'm I I'm very happy for you. Okay, but I had to now figure out what I was going to do that was gaming related to to make you happy. You don't have to do gaming. No, but listen. I I'm, I'm not going to do something that's gaming, but Oh, <laughs> but what made me happy this past week? Okay, first of all, uh, I watched. We, we finished watching House of the Dragon, the season finale. On what I think, I think we watched it on Monday because I passed out on Sunday after doing a deep clean of our apartment. Anyways, that's a different story. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, this show was amazing. I love it. This made me so happy. And so I have now started watching The Game of Thrones. See what I did there? No,
2: good job. That was that was. That was I, like, bad. I like you know what that was nice. <laughs> that was that, that was, was like bad. that Jeremy's, was dad Jeremy's balling. rubbing off on
3: you. God <laughs> darn it! That Love was, it. That was, that
0: was that was pretty good. Okay, it's it's not gaming related, but it is a I, game. <laughs> I have
2: never actually watched Game of Thrones, and it's partly because. At the watch time, I didn't want to watch anything uh, quite that.
0: I don't it, it's know, intense. violent, it
2: depraved. Is, I don't whatever. Yeah. I would probably get over it now. But also because while it was popular, everybody spoiled everything for me, so I don't really have a reason to watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I did start watching it back in the day when it first came out. Um, but I only watched up until the end of season two, and then I never continued watching it. Uh, I. I have reasons for that. I think part of it has to do with like, I just didn't understand the politics and the way things were done in that kind of era of like fantasy world, whatever. I I love fantasy, but I just, I guess I just didn't understand it. But after watching House of the Dragon, I was like, okay, I need to go back and watch Game of Thrones. And now I have finished season one and two and I'm on season three. And yeah, it makes me happy. It's a it's a really fun show. It's good. I'm excited to to see all the things that people have been freaking out about. I I have had anything ruined Wait, for me. Watch, so that's.
3: Do you watch House of the Dragon? Never mind.
0: I did, but you know what the thing is? I feel like I was still able to like I still understood almost everything. Well, like,
3: it's a it's a prequel series. So that, I haven't watched it yet. I'm so also behind tells on me Star Wars. It was Wars. well written.
0: It was yes. There are there are some you know references kind of but like not really like i was able to watch it and i i fully was able to enjoy it without having much game of thrones knowledge so i i feel i think that like like nick said like i think that's an indication of how well it was written right like i think anyone can watch it and my partner he's a he's a huge game of thrones fan so he was he was like i'm really excited for you because you have no you haven't been clouded by whatever game of thrones is like you just watched house of the dragon for what it is. And now you're watching game of thrones for what it is. You don't, you don't have the experience that most people in this fandom have. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. So yeah, that's what made me happy. This just
3: Shruti, just let me know when you get to season three, episode nine.
0: Okay. I will. I'm on episode. What episode am I on right now? Let me just see. I am on episode one. Oh, something just turned on. I think my Google anyways, On that note, (laughs) um, thank you so much for listening to us wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night. We really appreciate you guys listening to us and listening to our banter, and we will catch you guys next week. And right before I say goodbye, we at Android Central just wanted to give out a huge shout out to our producer, Jim. Um, He is no longer going to be our producer moving forward as he is going to be focusing on some other things, but we just wanted to say thank you so much for everything that you did for us. You were amazing. You were always kind and um, we're really going to miss you. So yeah, on that note, thank you again for listening and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
3: See ya.
1: Adios.